you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sanger Molly says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to today's webinar about intent and account-based marketing. So thank you for joining us. My name is Josh Lucas. I'm a solutions architect for Terminus, the industry-leading account-based marketing platform for B2B professionals. And I'm here with Millie Resnick, uh, Director of Product Marketing from Bombora, the undisputed powerhouse titan of behavioral intelligence and intent. Welcome, Millie. Thanks, Josh, for the great introduction. I'm happy to be here. So today we're going to be discussing the common types of intent data, the future of machine learning and behavioral intelligence, intent-powered ABM use cases, customer stories, and then a live Q&A with some next steps. So let's get started. So Millie, you're the resident expert here on intent data. For those of us who might not know, what is intent data and what do we mean by behavioral intelligence? Yeah, so intent data is a really valuable predictor of which target accounts are ready to have a conversation with you or to make a purchase. The data comes from behavioral signals such as uh, content consumption on third-party websites that indicate an increased interest either among your target accounts or net new accounts about a particular product or service. Great. And can you share some of the primary ways that intent vendors uh, like yourself generally collect and distribute their data? Sure, I would love to. Um, So typically when we talk about intent data, usually people are referring to one of three ways that it can be aggregated. So I'll start with independent websites. The clearest example of an independent website that can provide intent data is G2. G2 is an independent online review site that tracks what products uh, consumers are researching, and then um, they deliver that lead information to the companies that are in question are the ones that are asking for it. This data is obviously super focused on B2B products and can be a really strong signal of intent. Yeah. And what are some of the pros and cons of, of working with an independent website like G2? Well, the most important thing to note is that most independent websites like G2 get their users' consent right away from the beginning to track their behavior on the website. So obviously, privacy is really important right now, and so they are clearly GDPR and CCPA compliant. The second important thing is that they're uh, really specialized websites, so the data that they collect is incredibly high quality and actionable, particularly those in the B2B space. Oh, that's great. Uh, Are there any downsides? I'd say a downside is that as big as G2 is and, and many other independent websites are, Um, It's still only one website, so the volume of that data is um, still much smaller than some of the other options available. And while it's really great content, a single website can't have great content across all things. So it's still going to be limited to, to, to what they actually offer. And then the second way that intent data can be gathered is through uh, publisher co-ops. And this is actually how Babora collects intent data. What we've done is we've built a collection of B2B publishers, um, independent websites, and some marketing websites as well, which pool their data together so that all members within the co-op can benefit from this much larger data set. And who is a part of uh, Bombora's publisher co-op? 
Yeah, so members of Bumbor's uh, co-op include some of the largest B2B websites out there like Forbes and Bloomberg to um, a lot of niche uh, special interest sites and analyst firms as well. Awesome. Those are some great resources. What are some of the advantages of publisher co-ops? So there are many advantages. One is that we maintain direct relationships with every member of the co-op. So because we have that, we can ensure that consent is received from their website visitors so that all the data that's gathered is GDPR and CCPA compliant. You know, and the data that they're sharing is, um, you know, brand anonymous content consumption data. The other important thing to note is just the pure volume of the data available. So when you're able to incorporate from a large variety of um, large-scale publishers, we're able to understand intent across a lot of different types of products and services, and we're seeing over a billion content consumption events per day. So there's so much you can do with this data when you have access to it. Wow, yeah, that's that's a huge data pool, and that sounds like it'd be a very powerful data set to work with. Are there any limitations uh, to, to this co-op data? I mean, it's very powerful, and and really one of the only limitations that comes to mind right now is that we only currently provide data for English content. So we use a very sophisticated natural language processing engine to understand the content and associate it with the topics in our taxonomy. But that only exists for English right now, and we're working on adding other languages in the future. And then finally, the last type of intent data is bidstream data. So Bitstream data is captured uh, during the buying and selling process of advertising through online ad exchanges. With Bitstream, ad buying platforms receive information about where the ad would be placed, including the URL of the page and the IP address of the user. So Bitstream data providers will then either uh, scrape the URL or the page for keywords about the content and tie it back to the user that was on that content page. And then that data is shared uh, with you as intent data. Uh, So what are some of the pros and cons of of Bidstream data and collecting data that way? One of the big advantages of Bidstream data is that because there's such massive volume of data across the ad exchanges on pretty much any product or service, they're capturing data on, you know, a large percentage of Internet users. But they're also only seeing data from ad-supported content on the Internet, which many of our publishers in the co-op are actually not on. Also, typically, they're not using machine learning or natural language processing capabilities. So it can be hard to determine actual intent versus someone just perusing the Internet on topics relevant to their, their job function or their industry. Yeah, that makes sense. I know one of the biggest complaints we get from companies switching to us from other vendors is the amount of false positives that Bitstream intent data can result in. With that, is Bitstream data compliant with GDPR and things like that? I'd say it's pretty fuzzy in terms of GDPR compliance. I think it depends on the vendor, but you should always ask your intent data provider, um, regardless of how they collect it, if they are GDPR or CCPA compliant before you take any sort of action or invest um, any of your marketing budget. Yeah, definitely. I think that's pretty good advice. And it's been really excellent rundown of the current state of intent data. Thanks for sharing all of that. Now, what I really want to talk to is the feature of intent and what Bombora is doing to really push the needle by using machine learning and to really get into the weeds of intent and artificial intelligence, which for most of us are a lot of, you know, buzzy words in the B2B marketing space but usually don't have very much context associated with it. Uh, So I'd love to dig in and get into some of those details. Can you share a little bit about what Bombora does differently than other intent providers and maybe speak to the machine learning component that you guys are executing? Yeah, of course. So before I get too into the weeds, I just want to clarify what we mean when we talk about machine learning. So machine learning is an application of 
artificial intelligence or AI that essentially gives machines the ability to automatically learn on its own and improve from data and experience without being explicitly programmed. But really for machine learning to even be possible, you have to have a lot of data. And that's where the co-op model approach that Bombora has really shines. Because we have this massive cooperative, we're able to monitor about 2.8 million businesses globally. And we're seeing over a billion content consumption events per day, like things like white paper downloads and case studies and webinars. And what we're really trying to understand is what topics are being consumed. So our models need to really understand the content and context of the topics in our taxonomy. And then we're trying to understand which users or accounts are consuming that content and how that compares to their normal activity. Um, And, you know, we refer to that data output from all of this as company surge. And so how do we take that data and then apply it specifically within an ABM framework? We've really built company surge with ABM in mind. So there's really three steps to it. First, as we talked about, there's so much data that we collect from the co-op that we need to organize it into a topic and a company. Then we're trying to understand the normal research behavior between a company and a topic to get a baseline for that activity so um, that we can compare the current activity to that baseline to understand if there are any changes. And then finally, uh, we assign it a company surge score from zero to 100 so you can quantify the intensity of that activity compared to the baseline and, and know when there's an increase in intent. Got it. And, and so how do you tie that intent data to a specific company? And furthermore, why not tie it to an individual, like an individual person at those companies? Yeah. So, you know, we, we typically uh, connect the IP address to a domain or a company, and, and we believe it's a much more reliable indicator of an organization's purchase intent. As we know, um, in today's B2B uh, buying world, Um, organizations are making purchases by committee. So it's important to be tracking the broader buying center rather than just an individual who might be doing some cursory research that's related to either their role or industry or just interest. Got it. That makes sense. So it sounds like there are a lot of factors going into the intent um, surge in the calculation. Can you break down some of how that's calculated? Sure. Um, So there's really four features that we aggregate in our model to determine intent. The first one is the number of interactions between a company and a topic. The second is the number of people within that company that's researching a topic. The third is content relevancy weight. And so this is really kind of a fancy way of saying, is this the focus of the content piece or is it actually just mentioned simply um, in the piece? So we consider that. And then the fourth is, is content engagement. And so this is where we're actually understanding if someone is, you know, coming to a web page and bouncing immediately, or if they're scrolling through the page or spending quite a bit of time with the content, that's something that, you know, we were able to do because we have these direct relationships with um, these co-op members. Oh, wow. So you're capturing data on whether or not the members of your buying committee are actually reading the material all the way through and not skipping out because it's irrelevant to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, because we maintain these direct relationships with every member of the co-op, we're able to have our tags directly on their websites and we're able to understand this engagement activity. And it makes a big difference whether or not someone is actually reading the content or just bouncing immediately or came there accidentally. And and so from my understanding of, of Bidstream, that's something that you wouldn't be able to do with Bidstream data. Is that correct? That's correct. And so 
why wouldn't you uh, just deliver intent data anytime someone from an account starts researching a particular topic? Well, this kind of goes back to what you mentioned previously about false positives. If you jump every time someone simply starts trafficking a particular page or about a topic, that doesn't mean it's outside of the normal for that person or organization and doesn't indicate that it's an increase in intent. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we do we do see that um, a lot as well, you know, as marketing and sales teams are working together uh, on their ABM strategy, right? The marketing team wants to put all the data and signals into the hands of the sales team and they set up alerts or even require follow up on these signals by the SDR team. But then that can really start to break down trust between the sales team and the marketing team. If, say, da- bad data gets delivered to a salesperson and they try and act on it, maybe it's a false positive or too early to be calling out, and then they get a poor result, that kind of degrades that relationship. What about the natural language processor you were talking about earlier? Where does that fall in? So I'm glad you asked that question. To make our intent data even more valuable, what Bombora does is we use deep learning and natural language processing to actually read content and understand its context. And we call these topics. When we when we add a new topic to the taxonomy, we actually train our model with, um, you know, 80 to 100 pieces of content related to that topic. So it can understand what that topic is actually about and can accurately predict and categorize content within the co-op to that topic. Got it. And so why do you prefer topics over just using keywords? I think it's a lot more accurate and a better indicator of intent. When you're just scanning content for keywords, you can often lose the meaning behind um, what the content piece is actually about, especially for more general terms like cloud or other things that could be defined as many different things. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. What if you're using a keyword scraping methodology? So when you're using keyword scraping, you're missing a lot of the context. Um, For example, there could be an article about Facebook. And even if uh, the article never mentions the keyword social media, our models might categorize that content as the topic social media because that's what the what the article is about. And we've trained our models to to be reading and understanding that content for social media. Got it. That's that sounds really powerful. Can you give us some examples of popular topics that in different industries that people might consider tracking? I know for us, we track things around marketing attribution, digital advertising, sales enablement tools. And of course, account-based marketing. What are some high-performing topics that you've seen among your customer base? I think this really depends on the customer. We have over 6,000 topics in the taxonomy, and it's growing every month. And it really depends on their needs. So the best topics for you can be very broad or very specific. So for example, if you're in the legal field, we have topics as broad as taxes to very specific items like 529 college plans. So um, it, it really depends on what you're using the data for, whether it be like top of the funnel stuff or bottom of the funnel or specific product line, I think you you can use different types of topics. Got it. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, thanks for walking us through all that and giving us a, a view into kind of how it's working uh, under the hood. It's definitely great to hear how the leaders in the space are thinking about intent and what you guys are doing to really push the boundaries forward. And I know that's why we've partnered with you to bring Bombora data directly to Terminus customers. I know it's not just Terminus who believes Bombora is setting the standard for behavioral data. So I wanted to take a moment to tout this Forrester quote on your behalf, which is Bombora's content consumption model has become the de facto standard in B2B marketing for third-party behavioral data to indicate intent and or to factor into a propensity scoring. Well, thanks for that. We're, we're pretty proud of that and how far we've come so far. 
So now that we have a general understanding of intent data and its different forms, let's move on to the benefits of intent for ABM specifically, which I'm incredibly excited to talk about with everyone today. As everyone here hopefully knows, account-based marketing at its core is fundamentally about engaging your target accounts with highly personalized experiences right when they are looking for your solution. So we determinists believe behavioral intelligence like the intent provided by Bombora is a critical component to that process, which is why we partnered with both Bombora and G2 to provide intent to our customers within our platform. Millie, what are some ways you see people using Bombora data today? We see our customers using intent data for a variety of use cases. So some of the more popular ones include event planning and uh, digital advertising, but also sales enablement, channel enablement, measurement. You can use the data for data science and content marketing, marketing automation. So lots of different ways to get value there. Yeah, definitely a lot of potential. And it's probably going to be too many for us to dive in today during this webinar. So I think we can focus on three use cases. So the first and most popular way that our customers are leveraging intent data is to use those intent signals to automatically engage with their target accounts the moment that they begin dis demonstrating that in-market buying behavior and really using this to drive net new business uh, acquisition. Another we'll delve into is improving email response rates uh, via your marketing automation platform with a flow specific to cross-selling and getting those expansion plays. And finally, we'll discuss how we can drive an event strategy for customer retention and using that competitive intent data uh, to know where we should focus those events and how to be most successful. So a great way to see the value of an ABM strategy powered by intent is to show you how we do it and why we think about it that way. Now, a common statistic um, that probably everyone has heard in B2B, 60% of the buyer's journey is complete before they reach out to a vendor. So that comes from Forrester. I think we've heard that a lot in the marketing space. This means that by the time your dream customer has visited your website and filled out a form or called your sales line, they've already made a decision and now are doing their due diligence to hear from other vendors and vet those out against the company that they've already kind of decided or, or are leading with. So with Terminus and Bombora, you can get in front of that potential customer earlier in the process and frame the narrative in a way that eliminates the competition from even being considered. So let's go through an example of what it looks like where you and a competitor are going through potential options for a buyer just starting their research on your products. And your advantage is you have Terminus and Bombora data to help get ahead of us. So on day one, the target account begins consuming content relevant to your solution. With Bombora and Terminus, you're alerted to the account's activity and now automatically begins serving them targeted ads based on the topic they're searching for and framing the conversations in a way that benefits you and works against your competitors. Once you know the specific topic the account is researching, you can create personalized ads based on these signals and launch them within the same week. Thanks to these hyper-relevant ads, which are reaching the entire buying committee, you're now going to be driving more traffic to your website. And from there, Terminus offers an engagement spike feature, which, like the company Surge, notifies your sales team when meaningful activity is happening, but now specifically on your own website, and lets your team know what pages uh, those visitors are trafficking. Now that your sales team has been activated by Terminus, they can begin reaching out with the right messaging based on the intent topic and pages visited on your site. They can see the account is searching for intent for a particular topic or product line. And so we can reach out via email with subject lines about that topic and the relevant product offering that you have. Sales will also be able to see if they are searching with intent for a competitor and be able to frame their email accordingly. Because you were the first to the table, 
you're able to complete your demo before your target account begins reaching out to other vendors and filling out forms. And because you have Terminus and Bombora, you're able to see which vendors they are considering and continue to pro promote your best differentiators, both in ads and through email nurture programs, as well as sales outreach. Now that they are in the purchase decision phase, you can continue to accelerate the deal with LinkedIn ads targeting the primary decision makers, invites to VIP events, and direct mail campaigns while your competitors are just completing their demo. And when the time comes to make a decision, you should be the one winning the deal most of the time. So Millie, is this, is this something that you see your customers doing and, and see people doing with intent? Yeah, so many of our la largest customers actually use the data to reach um, target accounts that are actively interested in their topics, and they tailor their messaging based on it. So one of our biz biggest success stories is Salesforce. They use the data across social and display ads and have seen really impressive results. So their demand gen team used the intent data and were able to achieve um, a 33% shorter sales cycle and a 271% increase in ROI from their display and social ads, which is really impressive. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. Now, I know people are curious about email marketing with intent. So I wanted to share a few best practices regarding intent. With ABM, our expectation is that you're spending much more time on high fit accounts rather than spending little time on many poor fit accounts. This means your sales team should be spending a lot of their time crafting highly personalized, relevant emails. And I don't mean just including the person's name, city, and company. With ABM and Intent, you have the opportunity to look into Intent topics surging for your entire buying committee and write extremely relevant emails about what they are researching. So to do this successfully, you should um, definitely track multiple topics relevant to your target accounts industries. So you're able to provide relevant uh, contextual information to each member of the buying committee during this research process um, on a variety of subjects. This will then allow you to customize your subject lines and body content based on the topics and website engagement. Uh, one pro tip is not to send repeat material if you know they've already consumed it on your website. And so that way you can task your marketing team with producing more material on those topic clusters um, or be able to leverage additional material that would be supplemental and continue, continue to provide value. The next tip is to use mid-funnel and product-focused content like case studies and ROI for an account surging with intent and not the top of the funnel content that they are already uh, consuming in the research phase. You can identify very early on the topics you're going to be tracking and build content specific for each topic, which you can trigger when your target accounts begin demonstrating interest or after you start delivering your brand awareness campaigns. And finally, for competitor campaigns, you really want to focus on key differentiators to help frame the narrative. This is why every company should prepare a kill deck for each competitor, which can help both the marketing team create more competitive ads and help your sales team create really powerful email messaging as they're reaching out and they know they're in those competitive situations. So let's go through an example of how you might build out a nurture program for upselling, cross-selling, or even feature adoption and utilization across your customer base. For this example, let's assume your marketing automation platform is Pardot and that you maintain an active list of accounts with only one product. You can manage that list either as a dynamic list with a Salesforce campaign or in the Terminus account hub. From here, you can create an automated ad campaign, which will launch the moment an intense signal is detected for your second product line. As the account begins to show engagement on your website, you can automatically trigger a concurrent email nurture program from your marketing automation platform featuring case studies, customer stories, and spec sheets for your second product. If you use Terminus, you can deliver this intent information to both your sales and customer success teams through our account insights feature, giving them this information directly on the account record uh, within Salesforce. 
This will empower them to reach out via email with the knowledge that the account might be in market for your second product line. As the buying cycle progresses, new email drips can be triggered off of those opportunity stages, featuring comparison sheets and promotional opportunities as the account is also searching for a competitor. And if you're savvy enough, you can also time your nurtures so that your ads and your emails are sending the same message so your campaigns have a surround sound feel, so much so that your target accounts won't even consider a competitor. Amelia, are you familiar with customers doing uh, this use case as well? Yeah, so this is um, a really common use case for us. And um, one of the customers that we've seen uh, see success is Lenovo. So Lenovo used intent data um, for their email campaigns, and they were comparing this to a control group. And what they saw is a 50% increase in click-through rates and a 25% increase in open rates, which was uh, 3.8x greater than, than their usual through the control group. And they did this by sending the emails at the right time with the right messages when their accounts were, were open to receiving that information and saw, saw great success there. That's awesome. Yeah, we've also seen uh, Terminus customers see increases in open rates when uh, coordinating those advertising messages along with those email sends. Um, so it can really be a great way to engage with your customers and prospects. The final use case I wanted to talk about was for retention and event planning. So to do this, you need to create a target account list and segment based on intent topics, region, and renewal date. If you're a large enterprise account, you might focus exclusively on accounts searching for competitors nearing their renewal date and plan a roadshow series to engage those accounts that potentially might be considering your competitors and might be at risk for churn. If you're a smaller shop, you might consider just hosting a smaller VIP dinner or exclusive events um, in those areas. By hyper-focusing on these accounts at the time that it matter most, you can reduce the risk of churn and use your event budget more intelligently. Do you find people promoting their events using intent, Millie? Yeah, um, so a retention roadshow, that's a really great use case I hadn't really considered before. Um, but you know, one of our customers, Verastore, they used intent data um, for event marketing. Um, not only did they help, did they use intent data to figure out where they should have their events, but also you know, send specific invitations to uh, companies that were, you know, surging on their topics. Uh, and what they were able to do was increase uh, their event registrations by 18%. Wow, that's a good increase. So a lot of what we went through were more uh, conceptual ideas about what you can do with intent data and how some customers are powering their demand gen and ABM programs with intent. Millie, it's my understanding that you have another customer story to share that's a little more sophisticated than what we've been talking about. Would you mind sharing? Yeah, of course. So this is a sales prioritization use case, and Juniper, who is actually one of our most sophisticated clients, they've spoken at our intent event um, two years in a row now. So one of the ways that they've been able to see um, success with intent data is through sales prioritization. So they started with really just target account lists for individual salespeople where you know, they were able to to take a look at existing target accounts as well as net new accounts, see who was surging. In cases where they had contact details, they were able to add that to these lists, and each salesperson had that um, to, to kind of help them uh, prioritize their call list. Now, they've actually built this out into a marketing bot where they've operationalized this data. So you can think of this sort of like an app where, you know, you can, as a salesperson, go in and you can look at your target accounts. And you can take a look at what uh, intent those particular accounts are, um, you know, actively surging on at the moment. And, and that can help you while you're on a call or decide who you're going to call, 
things like that. And they've really seen a ton of success here. So, you know, they've seen, here's some accolades that they've gotten so far from just internal teams, from their sales folks and SDR teams. And they've been able to attribute about $10 million of sales pipeline to this initiative. Wow, that's incredible results. It's really cool to see how people are creating bespoke solutions to really drive marketing and sales success together. Now, if you don't have the resources to build your own app, uh, you can also set up account insights with Terminus to deliver intent and engagement right to your sales team directly inside of your CRM. And this can give all that data right there at your sales team's uh, fingertips right inside your Salesforce account record. So if you are a, a Terminus customer and just getting started with intent, here are four action items. You can first set up topics based on your product lines and competitors. Second, automate ad tactics for acquisition, renewal, and expansion programs. Third, train your sales on the best ways to personalize outreach with intent and the account insights data that they have. And then build additional email nurture programs leveraging that intent data. You, you can definitely reach out to your Terminus CSM who can help with more details and guidance on getting these steps started. And now on to the Q&A. All right, so here's our first question. What is the best way to include sales into the intent conversation? I can uh, take that. Um, if you're a Terminus customer, sales and customer success can see intent data from Salesforce or via, via our account insights plugin. It shows you which contact is the most engaged on your website and what topics your accounts are searching for. And it's probably the easiest way to get this info into the hands of your sales team to actually act upon. All right, next question, how many intent topics do you need? Millie, do you want to take a stab at that one? Sure. I think it really varies based on your industry and you know how many products you have and product lines. Something that we recommend and offer to some of our direct customers is what we call a historical buyer journey analysis. So we'll take all the topics that you and we think is relevant to you and we'll ask you for a list of closed one accounts, so accounts that you've recently acquired. And we'll take a look back uh, at 12 or 18 months, however long your buying process looks like, to, to really understand which topics were most important and, and impactful during the buying cycle. So, you know, you have actual data to understand um, how many topics you need and which ones are most valuable for your sales and marketing programs. That, that's great. That's, that sounds really powerful. I know we have a one Terminus customer who financial services, a very niche topic that they're interested in and their business category. And they were able to double their click-through rates using only one topic um, after just one month. So even if you just have one topic that you're tracking, you can still get a really powerful uh, results from, from the tool. That's super impressive. Uh, so the next question we have, what are some considerations in messaging overlap when layering intent data over marketing programs? Yeah, so I'll take that. Um, I think this is a really great question. And there's a few ways you can think about which message is right for your prospect when they may fall into one or more of your messaging programs. So, you know, first you can consider where the prospect currently is in their buying cycle. Are they at the top of the funnel or the bottom of the funnel? Um, that may inform your choice in, in which message uh, they, they receive. If you have clusters of related topics, which we typically recommend, um, so they're basically um, several topics that are related, you can consider uh, how, like the number of topics that they're searching on within that cluster 
and compare it with how many they're surging on in the, in the other cluster and, and whichever has more could win. Either way, you'll, you'll need to implement some rules and tiebreakers to determine um, which message is most appropriate for your prospect, which really kind of depends on, um, you know, your, how, how you structure your marketing programs. Yeah. So uh, next question is, how do we automate more of the B2B sales funnel? So I can, I can help answer that. So if you're curious about automating your ads based on intent from Bombora so that you're getting that advertising, that right messaging in, right, in front of the right segments that are surging with intent, you can definitely would love to show you the Terminus product and how we actually leverage that and are able to set that up to automatically trigger off of those intent data points. And then from there, I think getting that data all flowing back right into the salesperson's hands helps to just automate that communication um, and plug into the additional tools that they're using. So another question we have, how can I convince my marketing team why intent data matters? Why should I bring it into the MarTech stack? So I'll, I'll start off by saying that a great thing about the Terminus and Bombora partnership is that it can really help to consolidate your MarTech stack. With the Terminus platform, you'll get display and LinkedIn ads uh, that you can execute in an account-based framework. You get Bombora sophisticated intent data, the engagement tracking that Terminus is able to provide from your own website, and sales enablement tools that can all be brought together, plus out-of-the-box ABM reporting to make everything that you're doing around ABM much simpler and more importantly, keeping it connected so that it's consolidated in one tool. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.